Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the live stream here at God Speak. Our guest tonight is Dr. Shawn A. Anderson. I told you about her last night. You guys have seen her before. And uh, lots to cover because, Dr. Shawn A., the one thing we cannot get data on, no matter how hard we try, are suicide rates, yeah. both nationally, here in the state. The, the only data I could get was back in April, and suicide was already up 22%. I'm not surprised. And uh, we've, we've had some studies. We're going to take a look at one from mm -hmm. Harvard, uh, watching how depression is on the rise. But before we get into all that data, and also tonight, folks, um, Shawnee is open to answering questions. And if you have, and you can re remain anonymous. You don't have to say who you are. <laughs> but, I mean, this is what she does for a living. If you need some counsel, we can do it via the live stream. Uh, she's got some great wisdom, some great insights, and uh, you can text your questions. Uh, Micah, you'll figure out how to do that. He's back in the booth there. Um, he'll, he'll post it. I don't know. Just figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so if you send it in on, uh, on the chat and your question comes through, Micah will text it to me, and uh, we'll ask the question. I'll ask you the question. You can answer it, and we'll go from there. Sounds great. But I wanted to show you this. This just came in. I don't, I don't know if Micah had time to put it up, but... Um, we finally figured out uh, how much the bill was for the French laundry dinner that our governor enjoyed uh, without social distancing, without masks, indoors. Um, and it was, it was a pretty uh, hefty price tag that the taxpayers of our state got to pay. Uh, do, we, do we have that? Can we show it? I don't know. I just threw it at you. No, not yet. Huh. Well, it was, it was $15,000. $15,000. 22 wow. people, and they're laughing at us. I mean, they, they just think they're the elites. Fifteen grand, they foot the bill on us while they shutter our businesses, destroy our small businesses, destroy our families. Um, here it is. It's the update. Wow. The French Laundry cost $15,000, 22 people in attendance, and some of them privately are laughing at the controversy. Um, I, I, I saw this one text come through that somebody posted immediately following that, and that was basically just saying what they're doing to us in the state and just how awful this is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's just a mockery of the citizenry. It really is. Um, so it, 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 it grieves me, and we're all being left with this burden and they, they don't even address any of these issues. They put 95% of Californians in the purple zone. Uh, L.A. has completely shuttered their businesses again. Good luck any of those surviving. The only hope now, folks, the only hope, there's always hope, but the greatest hope right now is to fight back. Open, open your restaurants. Just defy the orders. Defy them. And we, we know the, the severity of the virus. As a matter of fact, I was looking at the data in New York, the state of New York, of the 26,000 people that have died, 90.2% um, of them died with comorbidities. Wow. And, and that's talking hypertension, that's talking diabetes, and, and the age range, and you look at the median range of death, it, it's the same life expectancy. And yet, they've devastated our young people, they've devastated uh, middle America, those that have limited susceptibility or danger to this virus and the cure is far worse than the virus itself it's Absolutely. devastating us so that that's new york just reporting those numbers and like we said you 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 i have diligently searched and of course with all the censorship and everything else they're pulling out data and we're looking at are you ready for this one mm. it, it, this is one number i got you know how many flu deaths there were today? How many? Seven. Today? Yeah. Seven. Seven. Like 
That's it. Across the United uh, across States? Across the United States. Influenza, seven. Oh, what a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we wow. haven't, in, in I mean, not to say that those seven deaths. The tragic. Oh, very we, we tragic. We don't dismiss the tragedy of the deaths. Yes. We, we are laughing wow. at the misrepresentation yes. of the data. We know that this is funky. Uh, also, here in our perpetually purple uh, placement by the governor here in our own county that, you know, our elected officials need to push back. Doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Mm -hmm. you, you, you were elected to protect us and defend us from the encroachment of those who would infringe on our inalienable rights and you're watching what they're doing to our county and to our city and it's time you push back from this tyranny and we're expecting you to do that our government officials we, we haven't had a death reported in the county in the last 14 days now there's been an increase in hospitalizations but if you if you're mindful of it we still have 80% of our ventilators left. There's still plenty of room in the hospitals. I think we have a little over 15 in ICU. Tragic. Again, we don't, we don't dismiss the tragedy of that. We pray for those folks. We're talking about the data that is, is being used to absolutely ruin the other 99% of, well, 100% of our community. And, uh, and in this perpetual purple zone, the testing they wanted to have as average of 150 a day, we're well over 400. And Dr. Robert Levin is pushing all of the physicians to test everybody. So we're getting positive tests, mm -hmm. but it's not equating to a rise in deaths or rise in hospitalization or a, a, um, a, a, a press on our ventilators or anything along those lines. And the contrary side of it that they refuse to report, which is data we really need sitting with a psychologist, what's the depression, the suicide rate? What's, what's happening with the abuse in our county? Although the two mandated reporters for abuse are schools and churches, and they've shuttered those, mm -hmm. um, folks, you've got to push back. Uh, our elected representatives, we, we need you to push back now. It, you have to start doing this for us. It, it's, otherwise, you're complicit. You're complicit in this absolute tyranny. So um, to the best of our ability, we're going to talk about just the psychological ramifications mm -hmm. of what our community is facing. Give some words of encouragement. We're going to address some of these things. I, I love, and we're going to have to revisit the... The, the, <laughs> the brain the, in the palm yeah, of your the, hand. The brain in the palm <laughs> of your hand. Um, and, and then we're going to take a look. Let, you want to do that Harvard study now? Sure. Are, are we ready for that? If we have that Harvard well, study... Well, let me actually back... Let, let me, before okay. we go, jump uh -huh. into that... Um, let's just maybe even go back to the first time I was on was back in April. Yeah, with the uh, flatten the curve, 14 days to flatten the curve, and now we're almost a year exactly. into this. Exactly. Yeah, and so that helpful. I've been on many, many times presenting the data that, first of all, let's remember, we had no data initially, no. but then we finally got some data, and I've been speaking about the data, and we've been talking about this. And you've become popular up and down the state. You're being asked to speak everywhere. Well, I, I, I have been speaking at a lot of different places, but what I think is interesting is the media is still relatively quiet about this. Not a word. And, and nobody really seems to care hmm. that we Pe People are, care. The media doesn't. The media doesn't seem to care in that it, it's usually found in, uh, you know, the, the very small print in the back of something that you'll never see. Yeah. But at the beginning, we were very concerned that um, people were going to be affected by increased depression, increased anxiety, increased PTSD. We've shown that. We've shown that there's been an increase 
in child abuse, but a decrease in reporting, and that what is really going on is not being seen because the mandated reporters are gone. Um, suicidality, we knew there was a study that was done, I believe, uh, gosh, this was up in Northern California, probably in April or May, that showed, I believe, within a uh, one-week period, they had more suicides than they had in COVID deaths, right. but also more suicides, I think, than they'd had almost in the entire year. I, I think a, a, I think a good... Uh, contrast. We look at the state and say, how many young people, let's just say 25 and under, have died of COVID in California? And then let's look at, because they won't give us this data, right. how many have died of suicide or overdose? Overdoses, overdoses have rapidly increased. Yes. Uh, overdose deaths have increased. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, you want to talk about life expectancy. They had their whole life ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And because of what they've done, they've lost their employment. They're living in their parents' basement. Uh, I mean, can't go to school. Can't go to school. Can't have a job. Can't hang out with your friends. Can't go to church. Complete devastation emotionally. And, and they don't want to report that. Oh, let's report every positive COVID case right. we can find, regardless of the fact that they're not even feeling symptoms. Mm -hmm. Let's push that data out to demand this narrative of shutting everything down. But let's hold back on the data right. of what's happening to our young people. Well, I think what is so tragic in that is they are continuing to feed the fear narrative. Yeah. Be scared, be scared, be scared. And I'll, I'll do the brain in the palm of the hand. Do it's something it. that I've done. How long has it been? been? It's been a while since you've been on the program. Folks need well. to see this because they have improved. But there are still folks that are trapped in the, yes. in the wrong position. So well, share with them. Well, things are shifting. Yeah. Well, what, what I like to share is to understand what is going on in your brain to understand how we are either dealing or not dealing with what is going on. And so what I like to show people is that you can have the brain in the palm of your hand. So I always recommend you put your finger your hand up, you got to do it with me. Oh, well, you have to put have your, your thumb over and then you cover it. And this is your head. If you can imagine your eyes are in the front right here. I this wish is my the head top was of your small. head. Let's see, I know, me not. too, like, right? I got a huge um, this is the top of your head. This is the back of your head. This is your spinal cord, okay? If you understand the brain essentially has three separate areas. We have the most basic part of the brain, which is the back of the head, which is the brain stem, which connects to the spinal cord, and that is the most basic part of our functioning, our breathing, our pulse, heart rate, things like that. The lowest part of your brain is what regulates your body. This is the neocortex, which is the thinking part of your brain. If we lift that up and we look deep inside the brain where the middle brain is, this is essentially called the limbic system. And where your thumb hits your palm is essentially the amygdala, which is the fear center of the brain. And if you notice, if you put your hand up, where your thumb hits your um, palm to the back, it actually connects to the lowest part of the brain, which regulates your body, which is exactly how it is in the brain, that the fear center of the brain connects to the part of your brain that regulates your heart rate, your breathing. So yeah. when you're scared, anxiety, all that. anxiety, your heart rate goes up, your breathing gets shallow, and your body immediately feels it. It's because those two are connected. Right. Um, this is a whole center of emotion. It's in the middle part of your brain. It, it's it's uh, feelings over Feelings. Facts. All of your feelings reside here. Yeah. So if you can imagine, when a baby is born, essentially, the baby is kind of operating mostly lower brain stem, breathing, sure. you know, just the basic things. 
and they have the beginnings of a limbic system, the beginnings of some emotion, but there's no thought, there's no language, they don't have any of those things, but they do have... They have a limited way to communicate. They do, but they have some deep implicit memories, which is taking me off on a whole tangent. Let's not go there. But what happens in time and through the attachment relationship with the primary caregiver, through socialization, eventually the neocortex of the brain is formed and it covers that middle part of the brain. Now, one of the most important parts of the brain is the prefrontal cortex, which is right behind our foreheads. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a forehead. I have a five head. <laughs> Your prefrontal <laughs> cortex is actually the I can't the wear area. a two-two. I got a three-three. <laughs> the prefrontal cortex is actually the area that is under major construction in adolescents' brains and is actually not completely developed until about age 25. So if you understand when you're talking to teenagers, essentially they're operating yeah. with the top, with the lid off, it's and they're a- operating often from pure emotion. It's an emotion fest. Exactly. Why are you crying again, child? <laughs> and so what you want to do is develop a full, strong prefrontal cortex. And in a sense, it kind of soothes that part of the brain. So literally in my work, a lot of times I'm, I'm talking but I'm trying to get to that emotional part of the brain and often build a prefrontal cortex with my patients, which can actually soothe and calm trauma memories and things like that. And that would be logic, correct? Well, the prefrontal cortex is responsible for a lot of those adult things that we appreciate. So empathy and impulse control and um, response flexibility, fear extinction, a lot of like the real good, solid emotional um, skills that we want to have as adults. Zeal without knowledge is foolishness. So you put the two together and you create that barrier. Exactly. Now, you're also talking about our brains are lateralized. We have right hemisphere where the emotions generally reside. The left hemisphere is where our logic is. And so what often happens when we wait, are wait, wait, afraid... Wait, Did you say logic as in the left? Logic? That's the only place in the world where that resides. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> My bad. Logic is in the left. Language is in the left. Linear thinking is in the left. All the L's. Yeah. That's how you can remember it, but you're right. Um, so what has been happening with the onset of this virus and the pandemic and the fear that everybody has been just inundated by... When you're operating from pure fear, that higher part of your brain basically goes off. It gets shut off like a light, and you're operating from that pure emotional state. And we've been talking for months about how even a lot of people, you know, I I was saying that I do believe even the supervisors are operating from a place of fear in why they wanted to shut us down and not looking at the data and not operating from a logical place. And so months ago, when I first introduced this, many of us were operating in this fear-driven place. And I did some teaching of things you can do to kind of bring it down through some deep breathing, trying to engage that left hemisphere. Going to church and learning. Going to church. It it actually does. But it actually does does. because it causes you to think. You were the one who said that. That's why I brought it up. There you go. But what's happening is we noticed at the beginning of this pandemic, that people were in a, a trauma response where it's fight, or flee, flight, yeah. or freeze. 
and that a lot of people, um, because we can't flee, because we were locked down, people are either getting angry, and that's why we notice that there's an increase in domestic violence and child abuse, or people were, were fleeing into drugs and alcohol or pornography or things like that, or people were freezing and going into like severe depressions, yeah. suicidality, things like Saw that. Saw a ton of that. Lots of that. As things have begun to open and people are calming down, people are operating from a more grounded, whole brain response. But what's interesting now with this new lockdown, what I'm seeing is they're trying to feed the fear, but I think we get it now. Yeah. For the most part, people who are not listening to the mainstream media. Yeah, I, I, please, I, I, I hope everyone who's listening has turned that crap exactly. off. Exactly, that's the first thing and that I tell there's no, everybody. There's no better word to say for that, because the Apostle Paul said, dung, I'm going to use the <laughs> translation crap. There so. we go. Yeah. That if you're, if you're not watching that, you're not going to be filled with fear. If you're going to be listening to perhaps, you know, church, if you're going to be listening to um, different forms of news input, um, Charlie Kirk, things like that. Yeah. If you're going to be listening to things, you'll be operating from a more solid place and you won't be reactive. And actually what I am seeing is it's very split. I'm seeing even in my practice, those um, of my patients who I know follow the mainstream media, I can tell because they're terrified. Yeah. They don't want to leave the house. They're still operating here and they're terrified. But I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of my patients that maybe go to your church, go to our church, who, who are actually aware of what's really happening, they're not here anymore. No. They're here, and they're mad. Yeah. And they're wanting to take action, and that's what I think is really wonderful, is I think that there is an empowering going on in some people that they are fighting. I think that there is an awakening. I do think that people are fighting back, but there is this whole group of people that are not, and I think that's the Harvard study. We yeah. saw the CDC. I'm sorry, I'm babbling. No, you aren't. I, I'm tracking you. If I'm tracking you, everybody is. Okay. I'm at the bottom shelf for the cookies. So. <laughs> the CDC came out with a study months ago that was showing how significant depression was in our young population in particular, saying that about a quarter of young adults, 18 to 25, were depressed and suicidal. And Harvard just came out with this study um, just real recently, I think a couple of days ago, and that's if anybody wanted to find it. What they studied in this is they looked at individuals aged 18 to 25, and they noticed that their depression has, again, dramatically increased to that nearly half of them are having sig significant depression, whether it's moderate depression or severe depressive symptoms. I'm looking at that. It says the, the incidence of suicidal ideation typically hovers around 3.4%, yes. but this new study reveals that in October, it was 36.9% of young adults had suicidal thoughts compared to 32.2%. So 3.4 is typical. Unbelievable. And it was bad in May, and here we are in October, and it's, it's still rising. That's just... That's just awful. And they're not talking about this. Well, and what concerns me even in that, that's just some data. Nobody's looking at attempted suicides. No. Nobody's looking at oh, No, 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 no. They did look at attempted suicides. Well, I've missed that data. But if it was COVID-related. <laughs> right. That was it. Well, no, serious. We had a fentanyl overdose. We don't know if the guy took fentanyl to kill himself. Mm -hmm. But it was counted a COVID death. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That That is... That's just not right. It's just not right. Just not right. Yeah. So 
I am appalled. <laughs> I, I, I truly am um, about so disheartened. Well, I, I, I spoke um, in San Jose at the Calvary Chapel San Jose a couple of a month ago. I don't even know how long ago it was. And I was speaking our, with our, an individual. Our, our sister church up north that is now facing upwards of what four hundred thousand dollars? I think it's over that now. Five hundred thousand. Unbelievable for staying yeah, open. For staying open. Um, but I, for exercising their First Amendment right. Exactly, yeah. and they like us. I don't think have had any COVID cases. No, none. Um, but there was an attorney there after I spoke who who I thought brought up an excellent point. He asked, um, "Where are the lawsuits?" for all of these people who are struggling and complaining because nobody is fighting for them. There is no voice for them. And that's where I've been speaking at the rallies and everything saying, I feel like I'm a voice for the voiceless of thousands of people are dying inside and literally through overdose, through suicides. And there is no voice for them. And and they're not expressing their data. They are right. holding that so close, those cards so close. And they're trying to do the best they can to manipulate this increase in death that they said was, or if they're, they're speaking of over 250,000, 260,000 COVID deaths. And what we're, we're seeing is they're saying, see, look at, look at the number, the projected number. Be well, scared, be yeah, scared. But, but as they're projecting these numbers of these deaths, what we're watching in these last two weeks in the CDC numbers, a precipitous decline in deaths. So they're, they're having to like calculate and process because we're coming to the end of the year and a death certificate is a death certificate. And they're going to have to finagle and figure this out. And it's, it, it is just complete manipulation to paralyze the population. It, it reminds me when I was um, in grad school. My very first graduate school class, the um, professor had us buy a book that I will never forget. And I think I've mentioned it before, but it's called How to Lie with Statistics. And Liars figure and figures lie. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's very easy to make numbers look the way you want them to look. Yeah. And, and then once you get into a place where you can control the input of the data... Well, like with an election or even with mm -hmm. the CDC, at that point you, you've you've lost a populace to trust. They they just no longer trust in their leaders because you're you're. It's no longer about truth. It's now about power mm -hmm. and how to manipulate data in order to control the populace. Well, and I actually think that that I think is what I'm seeing in um, kind of the subgroup of conservative patients that I have of. The nightmare of what's happened with the election, I think, has been in some ways even more devastating to people than the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of like they, they see the falsehood of the data regarding the pandemic. We were willing, we were willing to put up with this charade because we knew that in November it right. was going to be better and we were going to come out in force. And we did. Mm -hmm. Records were broken. Yeah. But we didn't expect a man who was in his basement who never appeared and had circles of 10 people at his rallies and a couple of mm -hmm. cars with honking horns would surpass every candidate, including uh, Obama, right. and, and break records. Not, not across the country, but specifically <laughs> yeah. in four states, and not even in all the four states, but specifically in four cities that had voter turnout of, in some places, over 300%. And we're looking at that, and all of us, and then they're telling right. us, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't you dare believe your lying eyes. Oh, yeah. 
and we're not going to look at this, and you can't examine it, and there's no auditing of it. Let's just move on. He is now the vice. Uh, he's now the president elect, mm -hmm. and and you're just going to have to shut up, do as you're told, and like it. Well, now we put up with that for a season. We waited. We're going to let you do your shenanigans. We're just going to. But but now now you're messing with the fundamental aspect of truth, mm -hmm. and we're tired of it. And people see it. Yeah. And people because they're operating from a place of being grounded and not operating from a place of fear, they're able to see it, they're able to think, they're able to kind of identify what's really going on, how we're being gaslit, gaslit, gaslighted, yeah, gaslighted. I don't know what it is. Gaslighted. They're, they're recognizing that they're being lied to yeah. and that something bigger is going on and they're wanting to fight back. And, and I think it's amazing. So uh, the, the most tyrannical draconian, and those are two words that I use often because I, I don't have a you know, big lexicon, but I, they're still the most appropriate words. Mm -hmm. and, and as bad as California is, Oregon has been obliterated by their, their governor, Portland with their mayor, mm -hmm. and you're just watching Antifa just, you know, set loose, absolutely no consequences. And uh, we were up, I was up in, in Portland with Kirk Cameron, mm -hmm. and we were visiting some of these amazing folks that are in the middle of this nightmare. Um, and we, we saw Beloved Cheesecakes yes. with, with Jen Jacobson. And she's still standing strong, doing great. And by the way, order cheesecake, Beloved Cheesecake. <laughs> um, but we, we have one person who, who, who's tuning in all the way from Portland, mm. and they've got a question for us. They oh. said, how do I talk to my patients at dental office? Mm. Um, how do I talk them off the ledge? Portland people are so scared. And, and, and that, first of all, they've they got to turn off the news. Right. But start dealing in facts. I, I would say remind them, mm -hmm. and, and you have to know this data, mm -hmm. that, and it's easy to access here. I don't know how easy it is in Portland, but for the state it's easy. The death rate is 1 100th of right. 1%. Um, over 90% of the people who die die with a comorbidity. It primarily affects those 65 and older. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're going to be fine. Wash your hands. Masks don't work. Masks don't work. It's, like throwing, sand at, it's like throwing sand at a chain link fence. Yeah. I actually had to do that, um, I guess it was two weeks ago. I had a patient who I hadn't seen in months, and she was in crisis, and she wasn't sure. She's like, can I come in? Is it okay? And I'm like, sure, you know, whatever you're most comfortable with. I've been back in the office since, I think, May. Um, I have some that I still do teletherapy with because that's what they want. And so she came in and she was so distraught and she was baffled of why I was so calm. And, and it was an opportunity for me to be able to speak the truth to her because she was listening to mainstream media and was completely drinking the Kool-Aid. And I know in answer to the question, I work really hard to make sure that I have, as I'm sure you do too, certain data points that I have saved on my phone that I can quickly bring up. I can say, you know what, let me send you this article. Um, I just remind people to think, to look at the facts, because when you're operating from fear, you can't think straight. Right. And so you have to take a deep breath and really look at the facts and, and look at everything. 
class. Don't just, you know, look at maybe CNN or Fox or, or Charlie or something. Look across the board so that you can see what they're saying. Yeah. And then you can compare and really look at the reputable places to find out what the truth is. Go to the, go to the actual data is yeah. what I recommend. I, I, every time I get in, in an Uber and they force them to wear masks and I have one, oh. and I said, I, I'm not going to wear a mask. I can't ride you. I said, do you know the data on the masks? Mm-hmm. And they go, no. And I said, can I share that with you? Would you have a quick second? And I share with them the data in relation to the mask because I have it saved on my phone. Yep. And really? And I said, yeah. And, and do you know the death rate? No, I don't. And you start laying out these things and they go, I didn't know any of this. Where do you get this? I said, I'll tell you where I don't get it. I don't get it from the news because they want you paralyzed and frightened. Mm-hmm. And, and then I ask him this question. And, and, and there's been one instance where it didn't work compared to the other 15 where mm-hmm. it did. I said, can you name one person that you know has died from this? Mm. A, a close friend, a relative? Mm-hmm. And if they said yes, which in that one case they did, I said, how old were they? Yeah. And then I said, well, that's the average age. Right. Did they have diabetes? Yeah, they did. I said, now, you probably know someone who's contracted it. Yes, I do. What was it like? Well, they said it was kind of like the flu, and they Mm -hmm. didn't feel well. I said, I I travel the country. That's the same answer. Right. You know, it's the other thing that I talk to people about that I think is really interesting. You know, we've been talking about how smart this virus is. We know it only comes out after 10 and, you know, certain things. Um, My father had the virus. And again, he thought he had a minor cold and I encouraged him to get tested. He was surprised he got it. We still to this day don't know how he got it. Um, But when I had to tell my son that he had it, it had turned out that my son had gone over to see my dad probably the single worst day when he was sick. (laughs) And he spent an hour sitting with his grandfather talking and in very close proximity, but not wearing masks. And I was the one that said, oh, you know, guess what? Let me tell you about Grandpa. And he was like, oh, no, because we just, we, were just, we just knew it. You know, oh, my gosh, this thing is so highly contagious. He tested negative. He had been to his small group. I was convinced everyone was going to test negative. They didn't test negative. It, it is so intriguing to me. I have heard story after story after story of people who get it. And, like, maybe out of six people in the, ha- in the home, only two people get it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So I think the fact that people are so terrified that this is so highly contagious, it truly, I, I'm not seeing that. The data that I'm seeing, especially if you're asymptomatic, it's extremely rare. Well, even Dr. Fauci himself said asymptomatic people do not transmit the virus. Well, that, that, that one study, words. I keep showing that study to people, even though they continue to try to hide that study from months ago. They actually said specifically it is extremely rare to transfer it. And people still don't want to believe it because they continue to hide the study. Amazing. And, and so I, I would say to, to the folks that are just trying to calm your patients down, just deal in facts yes. to get them away from just operating mm-hmm. in fear. Lay out some very clear statistics. You can it, just go through some of our, um, 
our, our past episodes with some of the doctors that we've had on. Well, one of the favorite, my favorite ones that I refer people to all the time is Charlie Kirk did um, an A. Oh, yeah, with the panel. With the panel yeah. of like nine or ten doctors. And I recommend that to everybody because it's so brilliant. And he's got all different types of doctors. He's got a, a child and adolescent psychiatrist on there, which I'm glad. And, and just really speaking the truth. Yeah. And it, I just think it's so critical. Well, if you have any questions, you're, you're welcome to send them in. Uh, just put them up on the screen there. Just type them in as you're, you're watching the live stream. Uh, Shawnee will answer them. Uh, I'll chime in with my opinion, which that and $4 will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, I have cold brew. I know. I can't believe you're drinking coffee. So tell me about your patients. Uh, um, are, are you seeing them turn a corner? Have you been able to? Uh, obviously, you're going to have some that are, you know, they, they don't they don't change their input source, mm -hmm. and you get them for an hour. Mm -hmm. um, but those that have changed their input source, meaning they've kind of walked away from the propaganda, mm -hmm. how are they doing? They're doing great, and and that's what's interesting. I have seen so many different things in my practice since this started, and. I have kind of presented what I've seen, and then I have found tons of data that backs it up. Because I specialize in trauma, um, my patients have really been hit the hardest by this because the sense of fear combined with powerlessness and helplessness and lack of control. And a research study came out and actually said those that have a history of PTSD or complex PTSD are those that are faring the worst during this time. Yeah. Because it's reminding It triggers them, everything. It, it triggers everything. Um, but what I have noticed, again, those that have shifted away from watching the news are doing better. Those that are, have shifted away from mainstream media, depression has improved. Um, there is more hope. There's more joy. There's less anxiety. Um, those that continue to focus, it, it, it's like learned helplessness is one of the things I wanted to talk about today. Let me, yes. th this would be a good one. Learned yes. helplessness because... Uh, the, the person asking this question, it'll tie in, because we have a lot of folks that that don't profess uh, faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. But but I'm you know, and that's it doesn't preclude you from being a part of what we do because we're all in this together. This mm -hmm. is a pluralistic society. But they're asking from the perspective of a Christian, and they're saying, how does a Christian overcome pervasive despair? Mm -hmm. And and it's almost a contradiction that you would be a Christian in despair. Mm -hmm. This, this, this idea of discouragement means you don't have courage. This means the absence mm -hmm. of. And, and that despair is almost a hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And yet you profess a faith in the God of hope, right. the God of all creation, the God of goodness, the one who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, that all things will work together for good, that no weapon fashioned against you will stand, that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, but you are speaking the truth. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. And, and I think you know, and I've, I've shared on here before, I myself in the past, many years ago, struggled with, with suicidality. I had a suicide attempt when I was 19. I've been there. And I know for myself, and I know in working with my patients, the despair comes down to believing the lies. And when you are overcome by emotion, you're operating from here and you yeah. can't think straight. 
And as Christians, we know that there is the enemy of our soul who is trying to steal, kill, and destroy us. And he he lies. He's the author of lies. Yes. And he lies constantly, and he wants to see us dead. Um, You've been creating the image of God. He wants you you gone. You're on his hit list. He wants you gone, and he will torment you. And that actually, um, I, I think a lot of times, is a sign of how much God loves you because Satan finds you as a threat and he wants to destroy you. And so I think what needs to happen is to identify the feelings that are going on, that, that there's something underneath the despair, that maybe it's grief or loss or fear, that, that, that there's something that originally, um, started the I would process. Say, I would say a part of it too, that the despair, that, that, that process that starts the despair could be shame. Um, absolutely. You know, I, I've, I've run into a couple of folks where they feel cowardice, mm. that they didn't do enough, and they're watching now that they're losing things that meant the world to them, and had they just stood. Mm. And now their Christianity is being challenged, like, was I really a follower? Wow. Do I really believe this stuff? And they're being challenged in a way mm. that they never expected because they, they kind of like the compartmentalized Christianity. Right. But there's no room for that now. Yeah. And they're wondering if, they're, they're, imagine they're wondering if they're still capable of it. Mm. And the truth of it is, you're more capable now than you've ever been. And, <laughs> exactly. and I love the story of the, I think it was the Japanese airline pilot, Japanese airlines. The pilot landed the wrong way on LAX. Oh. They had to divert traffic. And everyone called for his firing. And mm. Japan Airlines didn't fire him. And they said, why not? And I said, they said, of all the pilots that we employ, he's the one that will never do that again. <laughs> it's like you're, you're uniquely equipped. You've heard the voice of the enemy. You've, you've yeah. walked through the darkest of, of lies and despair. Mm-hmm. You've felt the shame and the guilt. And now you've come face to face with a Savior who says, forget what's behind. But hold every thought captive. Yeah, but hold. I do think that's where people get stuck, yeah. is they can't let it go. Yeah. God and they does. don't understand that God does. Yeah. And that's where I think to be re- we... He casts as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. He forgets it, but right. we don't. Right. And we use it as a whip to beat ourselves up yeah. with. And that's not of the Lord. No. And that's where... There's now, therefore, no condemnation yes. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Exactly. Look, you blew it. You got a clean slate. Mm-hmm. I blew it every day. I, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get up right? every day if I didn't realize, you know, that, that stuff's been forgiven. Yes. Let's keep moving. Move forward. Mm-hmm. You got to conquer the beach. Bullets are still flying. They're, they're, you know, folks behind you didn't make it. Just keep going. Just and keep there's going. there's always hope. There is always, always Amen. hope. There is always, always, always hope. Don't... Let the enemy lie to you. Don't let your own flesh lie to you. There is always, always hope. There is always going to be a morning after darkness. Always. And I know when I've been in that place, you can't see it. And you just have to hold on and hold on to the Lord. A lot of this is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing who he is, and really taking those negative thoughts captive and really relying in the Lord. I, I, I remember having a, a friend, I've lost contact with him over the years, but he, he's just suffered with depression. He'd mm-hmm. gone through a lot. And he, it, it almost seemed like, you know, just um, like an Eeyore, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just could never see anything pleasant. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And his response would be, it's an oncoming train. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it, I, it, the, he, he'd become so comfortable in his misery mm-hmm that it was secure to him. Right. 
he didn't want out. He, he, he just wanted the empathy and the mm. sympathy. I don't even know. Sometimes I think some people don't even know there is a way out. I think sometimes <clears throat> people can get so blinded yeah. with the lies that they have believed and continue to teach them or tell themselves that, that they don't even see what they're doing. The Bible says, hold every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that that's not of the Lord, um, you, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, uh, God doesn't love you, um, He'll never forgive you. He's forgiven you for that a thousand times. Why would he do it again? Uh, no one cares about you. Life isn't worth living. I can tell you right now, that's not the voice of the Lord. Right. You know, some people actually need to hear that. Yeah. I have one patient in particular who has so listened to the lies of the enemy that I have literally had to pull down my Bible and show her, no, this is what God says. Yeah. Because she has so been inundated and has believed these lies for decades that it has become a truth to her. And the beautiful thing about Christianity is you're not based on your accomplishments. Your, your accomplishments do not equate to your value. You're, you're immeasurably valuable to God in spite of your failure. Because he doesn't look at your failure. We all carry that. I, my laundry list is longer than anyone's well, who's watching. Yeah, I, I got you beat. <laughs> Seriously, they, they say that and, and, and they, they, they have a fan and it operates at the speed um, for every sin you com commit. And mine is oh. just, my, mine can power jets. <laughs> I'm with you. My, my, wife's, my wife's is like, just moves a little bit. You know, it wouldn't cool a breeze. room. It, no, it wouldn't even be a breeze. You know, mine is a hurricane. And, but, but, it, but the idea is, look, w w we've got a laundry list of garbage. Well, welcome to the world of the redeemed. It, our value is not based on what we've done, but on what he's done. Yes. And all you've got to do is agree with him. Don't live in the despair. Don't live in the memory. Hold that thought captive. The Bible says that when you're on your way to the court of law and your adversary, your accuser, it says agree with him. So when Satan says, you know, Rob, you've committed that sin so many times, I'm like, you're right. Loser, three-dimensional loser. I mean, you know, just put it up there. I don't even qualify for that. It's just three-dimensional <laughs> loser. And I, I, you're absolutely right. And you get to the court of law, and I'm in agreement with my, my adversary. I, I, I have that loop in my head. I know it's there. I know what I've done. I know the, all of that. And I go before the judge, the judge of the universe. The judge of true justice, not, not these wing nuts. <laughs> the judge of true justice. And, and as he's standing to judge this case of mine, guilty or not guilty, and, and I, listen, I'm, I'm on death row. If I'm found guilty of this, I'm done. Because the wages of sin is death. And I've got a really good attorney who's, who's at the right hand of the father. He happens, he happens to be the judge's son. And, and I just turn it over to him, and I give him the case. And, and Jesus, my advocate, as Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren, lays out his case and all the things I've done, and he is meticulous because he's the accuser of the brethren. He's kept copious notes like our health officers every Sunday. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Throw yeah. that in there. <laughs> and, and, and Satan says, if you'll notice that date and that time, and it's all laid out there, 
And then my advocate, Jesus, and yours as well, if you claim the name of Christ, he says, Dad, if you notice on the list that the accuser has brought on behalf of my client, my son, you can see that the dates and times are all accurate, but the offenses are not legible because they've been covered in my blood. Amen. The, the price has been paid. And the judge says, case dismissed. I, that brings to me a heart of gratitude, not entitlement. I don't want to do that again. I, I, I do. Those things I want to do, I don't do. Those things I don't want to do, those I do. That's that world we live in in a fallen world. I can't get rid of this sin nature. And, and I'll never be sinless. But Lord willing, over time, you, you, you take on the heart of Christ and the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. So if you're living in the world of condemnation and guilt and fear, and you're allowing that to be the, the, the thing that, that stokes the fires mm -hmm. of your feelings, as opposed to the truth of what God has done for you, and you've saturated yourself in the promises of God. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's making it brand new. It's like taking an old car and refurbishing it. And now it's, you know, in Barrett Jackson auction. <laughs> and once it was just this rusted wreck somewhere in Mexico is now worth millions of dollars. That's you. Can I add something there? Bring it. Because I'll talk forever. <laughs> so you've just been granted not guilty. Amen. And God can't even see your crime because it's covered in his, his son's blood. blood. Yeah. Some people will still carry that shame and guilt even though it's been covered by Jesus's blood. But this is what is so amazing is Jesus does not leave us sitting there in that guilt and shame even though we have been declared not guilty. He will come to us if we allow him. And he will soothe us. And he will be our comforter. Amen. And I think for a lot of people who operate here and who really struggle to get down here, they need to know that Jesus will meet them here. That, that Jesus will, will be a good Abba Daddy to them. Yeah. And for a lot of those people, they have trauma. They don't have a history in their mind that they can recall of being loved, of being comforted. Or, or, of, or the picture of a father that exactly. would, be, would be like God the Father, who is merciful and gracious, but, but reverentially, mm -hmm. you, you know that you're in the presence of, right. of a significant entity in your life. I, I think of the people that carry the guilt and the shame, though they've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And the illustration, and I heard this years ago, that uh, a, a boy with Down syndrome, and he's he's carrying an enormous bag, uh, heavy weight on his shoulders, mm -hmm. and they're burdened for him, so they allow him to ride in the cart with a donkey, and and as he's riding, he's seeing the donkey carry the burden, mm -hmm. and they look over at him, and he's lifting the bag while he's in the cart. Oh, and they say, what are you doing? He said, I just felt bad for the donkey, mm. so I wanted to lift it. It's not helping anything. <laughs> no, it's not. You, you're, 
Do you get it? I hope. I don't know. I'm trying to. No, it's a great metaphor, and I, I metaphor, hear. Good I word. hear what you're saying, and 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 it is all logic, and it <laughs> makes perfect sense. But I just know from years of doing this, there are so many people that it, it's just when they are stuck in it, they can't see out, and that's where I want them to know that even when they don't fully comprehend the truth and through their logical mind, that Jesus is there holding yeah. them and, and carrying their burden emotionally for them. This is true. And now here's, here's a good question. I okay. like this one. How do we keep and build relationships with those who are swayed by the uh. COVID hysteria? I, I have to tell you, the, 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 the most effective uh, weapon I possess, mm -hmm. I don't know if weapon's a good word, the tool in my toolbox is joy. Mm. I, I just, I look at them and I, I just say, you know, and like one lady, I, I was getting on an elevator, I was on an elevator and it opens up and I'm in Washington, D.C. The elevator opens up and I'm wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. She says, you're not wearing a mask. I said, you are. You'll be safe. <laughs> Come on. That's good. And and she said, it's, it's the law. I said, well, no, it's not, but if you're concerned, I'll get off the elevator and you can have it. It's all yours. Mm -hmm. And she's, I'll just wait for the next one. And I held the elevator. Well, you were contaminating the air. Oh, it's, <laughs> You could kill her. I held the elevator and I said, come on. <laughs> just get on the elevator. I'll take the next one. Mm. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let the elevator close. Mm. And she, she got on, and I smiled at her, mm -hmm. and I let the elevator close. And it was just the joy of, you can live in this world of hysteria. Right. I'll take the next elevator, thanks. And, and the best way to deal with folks is love on them mm -hmm. and live your life, yeah. because you'll invoke envy <laughs> well, and I, I think <laughs> in a good that way. is it, yes, because I think... Um, Trying to engage people in a debate about this, especially yeah. family members. You we can't, got, you can't oh. teach a pig to sing because it annoys a pig and it's a waste of your time. I'm not calling people pigs. That's what my coach used to say to me mm. when he tried to instruct a, a swimmer that wouldn't listen. Right. Well, it's throwing pearls before swine. Yeah, throwing pearls before swine. And yeah. he didn't realize it was scriptural what he was saying. <laughs> it's a sweet man. He's gone to be with the Lord. Mm. And I know he walks with the Lord. Came there, Amen. slid into home base. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, you're right, though. But you, you can't do that. And so I, I have, and I've been talking about this, again, since day one, my colleague in my office um, doesn't work in the office still. Yeah. And, um, and she's got her reasons, and it's actually, I think, I'm learning now, it's mostly her, um, her patients, I think, that are more terrified than she is. And um, she actually came in one day, and she mentioned, she's like, I'm going to be seeing some people in the office. Um, and I have some new people that I'm leasing the office to as well. And they're like, she says, you know, are, are they clean? What, like um, kosher? I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how to respond. I, I, and I honestly, I said, I, I don't understand what you're asking. And she's like, well, they don't wear masks. I'm like, well, I know I don't either. And, and I think I know what she was trying to get at. But I'm just like, we're fine. We're fine. If we're sick, we won't be here. Yeah. If we know we've been around somebody who's sick and has it, we won't be here. We take care of ourselves, and we are protective of those around us. Right. And so for me, um, I, I can't even talk about it with people because it just blows up. And so like you're saying, I it, it show joy. 
Uh, people are always asking me. I, I still don't wear my mask in the grocery store, and I still have people, you know, baffled by that, but they take theirs off too. And um, I, I just show that there's no fear. You know, and if I get it, I get it. I, I've got a medical problem that if I get it, it's probably going to be pretty gnarly. But I, I, I always quote you. I love what you say. You're threatening me with heaven. I get yeah. to go home. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's not that we're going to infect those around us. We understand the severity of this virus. Mm-hmm. We wash our hands. We've got our ionization machines or UV mm-hmm. lights. We treat this like any other infection. Exactly. We, we know the data on the masks. We know the data on the social distancing. We know the politi- politicization of all of this. Uh, we, we know the fudging of the numbers. Mm-hmm. We know the hypocrisy of our leaders. And we're looking at our neighbors who we love, mm-hmm. who are being devastated yes. by what these officials have done to them. And in spite of what they threaten us with, we're going to stand on behalf of them, even though they may not understand it. Mm-hmm. We, we want their children to be able to go to school. We want the schools to be open. We want the businesses to survive. We don't want this transference of wealth. We don't want the loss of our, our, of our inalienable rights. We the don't want the our destruction of our country. We are losing so much of what makes our country vital. Yeah. Our connections, our businesses, our church, our families. I, they are really going for the core of who we are as, as Americans. And, and the leaders of our community, especially our shepherds, who know the truth. And the truth will set the folks in this community free. They've been enslaved. They're being abused. The leaders in the psychological realm, the psychologists and the psychiatrists, um, the leaders in our political realm that can use the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, these folks need to start standing on behalf of the citizenry. Well, and I am we're gonna, so... to, to, we're going to be held in greater account if we fail them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was going to say I'm so thrilled when I read um, so many of the county's um, sheriff departments and police departments yeah. are choosing to stay out of it. And I'm like, good Sher- for you. Sheriff Ayub is, he's, he's a, a wonderful, wise man. He's a wonderful man, uh, and I'm very grateful for mm-hmm. him. I, um, I got this today, and uh, I wanted to read it. Let me see if I can find it here. It was, it, yeah, here it is. They said, I listened to last night's fireside chat. I believe it's time to relaunch the Declaration of Essentiality. Mm-hmm. They were saying we should try to get Eric Metaxas to speak on the Confessing Church in Germany. Mm. They're an attorney, and they said, I'm really concerned at this point because the churches are complicit in the tyranny. And this is an attorney who does religious liberty, mm. and he's looking at the landscape. And he's wondering where the shepherds are who are going to stand in defiance of this abuse of humanity. And God's going to hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. Well, And what gets me even more so is you have been so bold. And yeah, we're facing some legal whatever. I don't even know the status of that anymore. But you're still open. And we're all still meeting. And same thing with Pastor Mike up in San Jose. They're facing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's almost like, 
I know what it's like to be afraid. I, I used to operate from such fear. And for me to be boldly speaking about this is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Where is the Holy Spirit? Forgive me. In, in a lot of these leaders who, who need to be operating with that courage. I mean, even, even if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not getting consequences. Yeah. The, yeah Second Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't question the salvation right. of, of my Not brothers, uh, my fellow shepherds. I don't. What, what I do struggle with, candidly, and I love them, mm-hmm. I really do, but I am so torn right now because it's right before our eyes. We've seen the hypocrisy. We're without excuse. And we're doing it again. And, and your people are hurting. Mm-hmm. And, and you credit me with being brave. Listen, Shawnee, I could open up a church to an empty room. The brave are the thousands of people that fill it every Sunday. While that health officer's out there writing down their license plate numbers. Those are the brave. And they're looking for someone to shepherd them. And they're coming from all over the county and all over the state. And some coming from other states. And yet, we're watching many of these churches will never reopen. Mm. Wow. I, I told, at the beginning, I said, you're all visiting. When your mm-hmm. church opens, go home. Now you know what the people are saying? Mm. We are home. Yeah. I, I never want that to happen. I'm not a pastor of a big church. I like the 300, 350 realm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to do with all these. I, I love them, they're, but they're just, it's insane. I Carry the burden. When I say burden, I don't mean the people are burdened, but they need shepherds more than one. Right. And our staff is limited. Yeah. I mean, we still, even, even, we, we still even haven't even figured out how to work with the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. We've been so inundated with people. Right. And I'm, I'm imploring my fellow shepherds, please, Open your facilities. You know the data now. You see the hypocrisy. Why are you still allowing them to do this? We, we, we represent a God of freedom. We represent the God who said, I've come to set the captives free. You're watching the citizenry of your people in this county and in our city who have lost everything. You're seeing the depression data. You're watching the censorship they need you. You, you, are, you are the ones that rightly divide the word of truth. You, you declare this God of freedom, this God of truth. And, and you're, you're also speaking of a God who hasn't given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we're being paralyzed because we believe the narrative of the hypocrisy. And, and please, I implore you, open. Yes. Open. Help them. We're shepherds. I got to calm down, I guess. I'm just burdened by that. I don't think you need to calm down. I think it's of the Lord. Your practice is inundated with hurting people. And they don't have churches to go, oh, but we're online. Oh, no, there's not even therapists. you got to understand, I am like one of probably 10%. And doctors doctors are silent. Nobody's even going into the office anymore. Doctors, therapists, churches, everybody is running scared. 
And people need connection. God designed us to be in relationship. God designed us to be in relationship with him and with each other. Our healing comes through relationships. And they know that. They want to keep us torn apart. They want to keep us down and depressed. They want us to be their slaves. We have to fight. So your energy, don't apologize for that. That is of the Lord. And that is um, what is empowering all of us. Amen. We, we, serve, we serve a God who is not content with a church being silent mm-hmm. in a time of just enslavement. And the devastation on the people And the silence is deafening when it comes to the unborn. We've been covering that as well. What is the point of the church? Was it a, was it a return on investment? Is it a business model? Are you, are you worried about your liability that you're, you're gonna, someone's going to contract the virus and you're going to be held liable? Is that what your elder board is telling you? I, the, I, I've searched the scriptures. I have not seen where liability with a tyrannical government is reason to not stand against tyranny. No, it's actually the opposite. Take a deep breath. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I, my mind is processing because I know these men. They're good men. They are. They're good men. And and uh, it, it's like it's like watching your heroes in a time where you know they're equipped to be able to do fantastic things. And, and you're looking for them, and they're not there. But I want to give you hope. Oh, I do. I, I have plenty of hope. Okay. Yeah. Because, because I, I'm, I, I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed. Okay. And yeah. you can have your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is hope, because I do yeah. think things are changing. I do think you I, have... I never lose hope. Trust me. Right. I, I'm like... Uh, but there are a lot of people that do lose hope. Yeah. And I do, but I think things are changing. If you if you lose hope, you've just lost Christ. Amen. That is true. <laughs> but but things I do believe are changing. And yeah, you, you mentioned I, it on Sunday, and I see it. I it's see, a refiner's fire. It, it's not it pleasant, is. but it's exciting. It, it's the, it's the wheat and the tares. Yeah. And the way you tell the difference between the wheat and the tares, I just listened to this the other day. Do you know? Uh, well, the, at the end, the angels separate them. Yes, but uh, this was interesting. I heard this the other day. I was listening to someone, and they were saying the wheat and the tares are growing together. And they look the same when they're and young. And they look the same, but you can tell the wheat because it bows down. Yeah. And there is humility. Yeah. I love that. Anyways. Amen. Amen. Well, I will say this. The shepherds that haven't opened in our county, these are, these are men that uh, I would look at in the 20 years I've been here, and I'd say, God, why didn't you make two of them and none of me? Because they're that, they're they're that, they're that special. They're just lovely, gifted. And and now in this season, I'm I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, did I not see correctly? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still believing that I did see correctly. I I, I do think they're they're going to stand. And when they do, my hope is that, you know, like with my whole life, maybe I was just a little too quick to do what I did, and they were a little more tempered. And I'm okay with that. 
I'd, I'd love to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm st- I, I, I got to just say right now, I, that disappointment's coming to a place where I'm questioning the complicity because the clarity of the facts is before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you got to decide who you serve. I, but I, I, I love them, and I, I love Hope's All Things. I, I really do even still hold out hope. Mm-hmm. I've heard others just get angry, and I, there are times where I get frustrated, but I, I still see them, and I still believe they're going to do this. I we really have to do. Pray. Yeah, we, and I have been. Yeah. And we we'll have to just keep to. praying that eyes are open, that the veil <clears throat> is removed. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, uh, gosh, I, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I, and, I, and I didn't even look to see the questions because we're already at 8 o'clock, and I feel like I've. I, I dominated the time. I mean, we did get a couple okay. of the questions, and we can do it next time. Sure. You want to? I'm going to have you close with the blessing, sure. if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure. But if you'd like to just say some words of encouragement to the folks, and then we'll close with the blessing. Mm. How's that? It's all good. Yeah, amen. Good things are happening. <laughs> all things work together. All for good. things are amazing. The Lord is good. The Lord is still in charge. Um, be hopeful. Feel your feelings, but stay grounded in the Lord. Um, Focus on the facts. Look at the truth. We're all in this together. We have to fight. Trust in in the power of the Lord. Um, We're going to get through this. We are getting through this. It's a miracle we've gotten through this far already. And and God's doing amazing things through this. And so for those of you who are hurting, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. He's got you. He's in charge of all of this. And, and, tell, and, and I think, too, come to church Sunday, and um, we're going to have you as a regular guest because we're going to start doing a kind of a format. And, and yeah, I know you're busy. You probably can't do it every week, but maybe we'll go every other week because I, I know your client schedule is chock-a-block full. Yeah, and, by the grace of God. And I know you. I fly by the seat of my pants, and you're scheduled <laughs> and structured. It's okay. And I've, I've disappointed you, and it's you've been okay. gracious. And I have to tell you, I've learned that not only is God merciful, so are you. Um, he so, has extended me profound mercy yeah, in my yeah. life. And we, so. don't, we don't want to be that wicked servant that has forgiven much yes. and forgives little. <laughs> so I, I, I think, folks, when we have Dr. Shawnee back on, ask questions, and then come to church. We're going to start, especially this Sunday. Um, you will be gone, but I, I'm, <laughs> what I'm compelled to do, and we did this before, mm-hmm. I want to open up the front of the church for prayer. Do you mm-hmm. remember when we did that last yes, time? The folks need yes. this. I'm sensing it right now. Yes. So, People are burdened. Yeah, yeah. and if you put your prayer requests in, uh, our staff prays for them mm-hmm. fervently, and so does our prayer team. So we'd love to pray for you. If you need any other help as well, you can contact us at info at Godspeak, and uh, Micah will process that and get you guys all set up and have a wonderful thanksgiving yeah have a wonderful thanksgiving don't be afraid there is so much to be thankful for discouragement is overcome by thankfulness and uh everything that's happening to us paul says in thessalonians give thanks in all things Mm -hmm. for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you everything that's happening is working together for good you don't see it he's doing something incredible behind the scenes i've been on this earth 56 years and I, there was things I thought, there's, there's no way right. he's going he's gonna to make anything out of this. Uh, he, and I, I could spend time telling you story after story about how he, <laughs> he does it. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for every lesson, and I've come to love him more because there's nothing I, I, I doubt 
And I know he can do it. He always has and he always will. And he's doing it now. Yeah. And this, revisit the history of this nation. Uh, we are grounded in a God whose hand has guided us for 400 mm -hmm. years since the Mayflower Compact. This is the 400th anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, this week, as a mm -hmm. matter of fact. Lots to be thankful for. That was the first Thanksgiving. So revisit that. Sit at the table without your mask. More than 10 people. <laughs> try After not to, 10 p.m. Try not to spend $15,000 <laughs> on taxpayer money. <laughs> and tell the Lord thank you. Yes. Praise Him and trust Him. Amen. And let's give him a blessing. Absolutely. All right, let's bring up number okay. six. Number six, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Thanks All right, for having folks. Me on. Oh, it was a joy. Dr. Sean A. Anderson, how can folks follow you? Um, I'm on parlor now good um and i'm still on twitter fighting the good fight there as um cali shrink cali c-a-l-i shrink. shrink cali shrink i'm um i have a professional facebook page just sean a anderson phd okay i i don't i i've got the others but i don't go on them very often so. uh, i i'm i, I got to do this because i'm close i've never done this before mm -hmm. rob underscore mccoy it's instagram mm -hmm. and and I've, I'm, I never thought this might be. I'm close to 10,000 uh, followers, I guess. You got a voice. I, I don't, I, but I'm thinking they told you you get a little blue check when you get to 10,000. So I, I, I need like 300 people. So if you're interested, you have <laughs> Follow a, him. Yeah, yeah, so you can get me. his blue check. And, and then they'll cancel me and then I'll join you over at Parlor. <laughs> right, Although, exactly. Yeah, I, I really, I think I have 100 posts. You're not going to get much on, uh, on my yeah. Instagram, but. Um, I really, really, I guess I care, could care less. <laughs> but for all of you who have subscribed to our YouTube uh, channel, we're so grateful. Mm -hmm. We've gone from less than 100 when we started a little over a year ago, and I think we're approaching 17,000. It's, it's all you're doing, mm -hmm. and we're so grateful for all of you. So have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll yes. see you tomorrow night. God bless you guys.